Welcome to Your Avaz. I'm your host, Amir Sultan. For the past two and a half years, COVID-19 has really impacted restaurants and in general, a large majority of the hospitality industry. However, it's opened doors to entrepreneurs looking to expand and adapt their business models. One such example is the popularity of food trucks and their growing presence, not only in the United States, but also other countries. I think the real key reason why they're, they're having so much success is the convenience factor. They tend to go where people are, so you can often find fresh, hot food with diverse menus anywhere you want to go. In Pakistan, there's a massive following for food trucks in the larger cities such as Islamabad, Karachi, and Lahore. Our guests today have a unique story behind their business. Their name is Abekao. In Urdu, this simply means a catchy translation for let's eat, guys. What's more interesting about this food truck is that it's Pakistan's first uh, operated food truck by a deaf staff. All the employees are deaf. So let's hear their story. Welcome to the program. Eid Mubarak to you guys. Hi. So, uh, Aisha, uh, welcome to the show. Um, I'd like to kind of... Thank you so much. No problem. I'd like to get an introduction of um, how did you start this business? Um, is it a family business? And just to get to know a bit more yeah. about the kind of the genesis and origin of uh, Abikau. So uh, we are three co-founders and we are three siblings as well. So we came up uh, with this idea because we three of we are proud Koda and sign language is our mother tongue. So this is the very first language uh, we learned while growing up. Uh, and uh, for us, it's a cultural identity. But uh, for most of the people in our society, even for our relatives, it was like um, a language that is uh, majorly associated with a disability. I, I, you are only supposed to learn it if you are deaf or hard of hearing. So I didn't like that notion throughout my life. Uh, and uh, and my youngest brother, um, so basically I am, um, I'm a bioscientist and my eldest brother who is also hard of hearing, he has done his ACCA, you know, a degree in finance and accounting. And we were doing great in our careers, but our youngest brother, who is also hard of hearing, so he didn't have a really good, uh, you know, time at school. He left the school because my parents uh, didn't send him to the, you know, special school because of the lack of quality education and other problems in Pakistan. So he couldn't survive in a hearing school and he faced a lot of discrimination. And he was only um, right after, and, and then we started um, the private schooling at home. Uh, my eldest brother, Javad, and I myself, I, you know, we started teaching him at home. And he, you know, he, he really smoothly cleared O-levels exam and we realized it's not the problem with him, it's with the system. And one, um, and it was, I still remember during the summer holidays, my youngest brother came up with this idea. And uh, our parents, uh, they have never stopped us from doing whatever we want to do in our life. But they were a bit reluctant that, you know, whatever we are trying to do, it should not impact our studies because they never got a chance to, you know, uh, get education because in at that time there were no deaf schools and, you know, and hearing school usually do not take deaf students. 
So uh, we started a big cow merely in a form of a very small pushcart um, at a very hidden nook of Islamabad. And it was just uh, for my youngest brother to support him. And my elder brother was like, no, we should not. And we hired two deaf people. And within 20 days of launching the business, uh, we were on the cover page of the national newspaper. And I think that there was a point when we realized there is no stopping over here. That's, that's great. So when, when, when was the year? Was this like several years ago? And what was the kind of the timeline then? When, yeah, so from... officially, we, uh, you know, we launched our, our company in 2018. Yeah. Got it, got it. And how long did it take you to realize, okay, this is not just a little hobby that you are, and then, you know, a mm. food cart, is, mm-hmm. this may grow into something very big. So uh, I ha- I uh, I used to apply for a lot of incubation programs and because I didn't have a business degree so wherever I used to go um, you know I had a lot of questions in my mind because I never wanted to see a big house just a traditional business you know and somehow it was more of uh, from my side because my brothers they were really happy with the way it was going. But I wanted to, you know, um, I, I was expecting a massive scale so that we could create more and more uh, employment opportunities rapidly. So, but we, none of us was aware of incubation programs, but I used to apply for a lot of, and, you know, it was just to test because back in my mind, I thought, why would someone accept the idea that is just a push card? And right. there are, and people literally used to compare us, you know, like there are so many you know in Pakistan there are so many push cards who are selling juice fruits vegetables so I used to tell them don't compare us with them it's not that you know we don't like that model it's that we have a different vision so we want to scale we want to franchise we want to you know work on the capacity building and uh, but honestly none of uh, you know people around us believe uh, believed in our vision Uh, never so I think the incubator programs, when we got selected and, you know, we slowly, slowly, you know, we from one incubation program to one another and then to accelerator program, then we started winning the competition. And I think that was the point when I realized that we can scale and there is a power in the idea. We just need to, you know, polish it a bit more. Absolutely. So you started with how many employees and what are you at now? So we started with two, but we have uh, trained and uh, we have trained more than 50 individuals till date because we also started the um, uh, training uh, with the name of Empower to Cook, especially when COVID strike. So it was a Zoom-based training. And then we, uh, till date, 25 people have been employed uh, exactly till date. Wow. And... Would you say all of them are hearing impaired or deaf? Yes, all of them are deaf, all of them. So definitely, I see the social impact that you guys are having um, on in Pakistan. Um, do, where do you see uh, this business going from from now till maybe in you know two to three years short term and even long term? What is what is mm-hmm. kind of the goal that you have? <laughs> So we, uh, from uh, you know, from the pushcart, we moved to the brick and mortar model, and we realized that it's a it is a high investment model. 
with the low impact because uh, when oh, then we had to move to the mobile food vehicle model and then because my brother my youngest brother and i we are always crazy about food trucks because we do not have food trucks in pakistan right. and when fazan visited us back in i guess 2016 or maybe 18 um so he saw a lot of food trucks over there and he was like no we should have you know few to proper food trucks in pakistan too but you know it was a real struggle for us because we did not have a you know any support regarding the policy for the food trucks so somehow we raised the investment for the very first food truck from friends and family and after that when we launched it uh, you know uh, we there were times we had to close it because there there was no policy for it and the government wasn't supporting us initially and then um i had to jump in and i had to and there were times when i used to visit the you know administration office like literally 1 am in at night and used to tell them that you cannot take our truck because otherwise so many people would get unemployed you cannot do that right. come up with the better solution and uh, then um it, it's it is it has still not happened yet but you know i have worked with the one of the government institution pakistan institute of economy even on the policy i had to work <laughs> so it, this is quite um, i think uh, but we are not giving up because we love the model and i think it's a low investment investment model with the high impact so we have uh, worked with the government organization and we are really hoping that you know this policy um, gets to the next level very soon and and this policy is going to be for the public and trust that's great um how has social media helped promote your business i see the facebook page that you have it's pretty great a uh, lot of reviews on it um talk about mm-hmm. talk about that impact and how and the organic growth that you've gotten from mm-hmm. social media mm-hmm. i think it has been a uh, pretty good because uh, it was it did help us to spread the words around and people have given us amazing uh, response and uh, people you know they don't know us personally and when uh, we have recently launched one more uh, you, you know mobile vehicle in another you know um, Uh, it's like another city but they are linked uh, for example it's like a twin city islamabad and rawalpindi so we have launched one more in rawalpindi first one is in islamabad and they they sent a lot of wishes and prayers though they don't know us but it was so overwhelming and the response we get and speci- especially when the president of pakistan and the first lady when they visited us and it was um, it was a surprise visit and i do tell everybody that it was a surprise visit and they still don't believe me because otherwise i would be there too because i was working on the business model and you know making the spreadsheets and everything i didn't know that i was looking at the camera though and when i realized it's the first lady and the president of pakistan at the food truck so it it was really overwhelming for us and when when we posted those pictures and people were uh, people were so happy and our inbox was filled with uh, re- really um, it was a it was an amazing response that's amazing so you you mentioned you're based out of islamabad and now you have uh, a truck in rawalpindi um yeah also red panda is something that is pretty big right um 
not red panda, food but panda. food panda. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, food panda. Yeah. So I, I've been to Karachi quite a bit, and I've seen the nice. scooters with the the food panda. How have you utilized that business model to your advantage? Okay, so uh, I I use food panda. We use like you know for both the branches as a market because of the high you know commission percentage. Yeah. So we are not left with any profit. But, you know, we still want to be on that platform because we want to stay connected with our customers. Initially, we did not have the, um, let's say, the, you know, mobile app or the website uh, from where, the, you know, people could place order. So we do wanted our customer to try the food even if they cannot visit a big house. So uh, I think Food Panda did help us with that. But like now, finally, we have recently won Standard Chartered Women in Technology grant. Now our uh, web app is up and running. So now we would be, and it, you know, it's very inclusive for my team member. We have designed our own point of sale system. And then on the other side for customers, we kept it very interactive. And now we can take orders directly from the customers too. But it has been a journey. But in the last two years, uh, Food Panda did help help us to stay connected with our customers and to help them deliver the you know food. That's great. Talk about the the deaf community in Pakistan, how they mm-hmm. have received you, and I know you talked about the impact. But is what is the percentage of of folks that are impacted who are deaf and you know, it's kind of a, you know, it's a certainly a need. And I just want to get a better understanding of what's, what's been their response. Um, I think uh, more than uh, 1 million people uh, in Pakistan have different level of hearing loss. Because you must be aware that uh, consecutive marriages are very common in Pakistan, mm-hmm. intermarriages, cousin marriages. And when we talk about cousin marriages, this actually increases the percentage of deaf community in Pakistan. And Pakistan is one of those countries where the percentage is quite high as compared to other countries around the globe. Right. Okay. And uh, they face, uh, you know, issue, they usually face issues like... Uh, uh, discrimination, you know, language barriers. And again, um, I think the Abekhau is not just a food truck. When you visit Abekhau, it's you are experiencing uh, deaf culture where uh, you have to communicate in their language and we make it very convenient for our customers. Like, you know, they don't even have to struggle. When even, uh, for example, you are standing far away from, let's say, your friend and you are waving at him and you're saying, I am going. So you do use sign language. And even when you are doing, um, you know, let's say you you are under the sea, you cannot speak sometimes, then you have to use sign language. There are moments and hearing person's life that, you know, when they have to use sign language. It's that we want people to uh, give this language, uh, the you know, uh, the identity and respect the language too, because it's a beautiful language for us with full of, uh, um, you know, uh, emotions and it ha- you can communicate anything. People used to ask really crazy questions from me. Can you communicate, you know, certain things in sign language? So I, I was, I used, I still tell them that you can communicate anything in sign language. Right. It's like it has all the, uh, you know, it's like any other language, like English, Urdu. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so important question: the menu and. And the food yeah. that you first started, the first, you know, when you started the the food cart, 
who designed the menu yeah. and who created it and mm-hmm. how did that evolve and is it still evolving? Yeah, it is. So as, as I shared earlier, we are three siblings. My eldest brother, like he looks after the boring part, which is a number part, but it is the major part. And I'm I'm really worried that he would he would not be with me when I go to pitch at Silicon Valley. But uh, that is the major part of Big Counties. Then comes the HR and the menu. And, you know, we literally take our menu as an as a R&D part. Uh, because we really work on it because through I have been really passionate about uh, cooking from a very early you know age and my brothers they used to love whatever I used to cook for them Uh, now I've stopped cooking that much because I am so busy right now but still the menu we have designed is based on family recipe and uh, we are really focused on fast food because we are targeting the youth in Pakistan because you know just we are offering the go-to snacks so that you know meals on the wheels um, like burgers fries I, um, and, uh, and the, we are still working on the texture of fries how can we make it better but it has improved a lot now we have a very uh, I think our mentors really help us from the hospitality sector they have really helped us to grow and and evolve our menu mm-hmm. by giving us feedbacks. Exactly. It, it almost sounds like anyone who has a food business, like a food truck, uh, a um, cart, it's like an experimentation lab. You're always adapting, right, to what people are saying and you're getting feedback. A yeah, we do of, take customer feedback. Yeah. A lot of a lot of people, at least here in the United States, are becoming more conscious Um Either becoming vegan or, you know, cutting red meat, et cetera, et cetera. How are you adapting to different, um, you know, different preferences of getting as people are becoming more health conscious? So, okay, so people, uh, you know, we do not buy, for example, we started from a very, you know, let's talk about basics. So we have, in Pakistan, it's quite common to get, uh, you know, low cost ingredients and, you know, low cost stuff. And it's very common. But we, because we wanted to, we, we we want to franchise it in the future. So we wanted to have a right system in place from the day one. So we, um, uh, we, we source our potatoes from a very good vendors. We do our research part from, you know, from which area of Pakistan we can get good, you know, type of potatoes, which are fresh and, you know, good for our customers too. And when it comes to chicken, we have a, we have a vendor which very high profile QSR businesses in Pakistan, international businesses are using and we purchase the chicken from them as well. And then we, when we are talking about the other options like, you know, vegan, I did receive a call yesterday from a customer. Do you have any vegetarian item in your menu? And I replied, yes, we have French fries. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like we we are kind because but we are taking very small baby. Now we are introducing drinks because you know customer like fresh drinks and you know lemonade and shakes. Now we are including it because we are working with the um, special community. We don't want to be hard on them. So we are taking slow baby steps to not uh, so that they don't get overwhelmed with the very big menu. We want to keep it very precise, like any other quick service restaurant that you you know you might uh, you. I think it's the same in the U.S. because my mentor uh, is from um, he has 
uh, a very extensive experience uh, working in US with the uh, with the leading franchise um, franchises in uh, US. So he he always. Uh, I had like more than 30 menu items uh, um, and he had he told me to remove all of them and make it really precise this is not how a fast food business works otherwise open a restaurant for yeah. yourself so That's he you know guided me and then we had to remove all the menu items because we used to we were working so hard we were baking we were cooking we were I don't know what what and I still you know, I, I still love what we used to do, but we were so dedicated and so passionate. But I think right now, you know, you get paid for your hard work in future. And I think whatever we done, we did in the past. So now we we are really happy the way, like, I know it's not, uh, uh, whenever we go to investors, they're like, no, it's not a really big number though. But for us, it's a journey and it has been a really struggling journey. So we are happy for whatever we have right now because, you know, it's because we have seen the journey. Absolutely. You did mention Silicon Valley. Can you expand upon is that something that you're looking for for like um, capital investment um, and growth potentially? Yeah. So uh, there was this com competition I applied for. Uh, it was uh, by U.S. Embassy. I didn't get selected at first place because obviously there are so many good startups in Pakistan. So they were focused. They are they were focusing on women-led startups. And, and then I received a call after, but I think just two months before, and they asked me uh, to join back because they thought, I, I guess they realized that, you know, a big crowd should be there because we were getting featured a lot. Reuters International featured us. And then after that, because it's a news agency and um, so many other news channels uh, started featuring us and then they contacted us to join back so I was like okay I can join back and it was like a and uh, um, exactly it was like a dream coming true because a lot of people I mean you know I have I haven't told a lot of people in Pakistan that I'm going to Silicon Valley because I, I thought they would know once I leave Pakistan and you know we will post it on social media but um, the very few people uh, the response I've got like how come your business can go to it's just the food business right you know with the you know usually the word kela they use and i was like okay fine <laughs> <laughs> it's like um people do not see the vision it's like uh, and even my parents were uh, you know being a girl uh, being a female entrepreneur is a struggling journey it's, uh, itself as well but my brothers have been really supportive. They are like, oh, the very first thing they are like, your brothers are using you and they would never let you marry. And, you know, question, I did face a lot of and very mean questions. And and I think my brothers are the best brothers. And they, they obviously, they never forced me and they never asked me to get married just out of social pressure. And they, um, they are happy that we are excelling in life and do achieving our dream. And that is our very personal matter that no one has a right to talk. But we have faced a lot of criticism and we had a very least amount of support when we were growing. So exactly. But yeah. now when we are finally going to Silicon, my brother was so happy that I'm going to Silicon Valley. And then they were like, now they will realize uh, the power of female entrepreneurs who are, you know, talking about us at the back. 
and uh, i think um, um even though we you know i i am it's it's going to be the experience um we are we we will try our best to raise the investment even though if we couldn't make it but i think we we will get connected to a lot of good mentors and people and that is uh, what has really helped us to grow this is one message i would like to give through your platform that you know money or the investment is not always the key to success and um, we had a very organic growth from a big how is not always the thing which really helped me the most is networking and having so many mentors around me who guided me before i you know i before you know i could take any wrong decision right, for my right. startup that's great um definitely uh, I, I from my personal experience i think the networking aspect uh is much more yeah. important than uh sometimes getting the funding uh it's the people that you meet and you never know when you'll engage them again and they may like right. your idea down the line so certainly i think that's important um so the message that you want to tell people as far as if they wanted to start their business in particular if it's like a a, a niche market or even like you know a female starting her business what would be the top 3 reasons you know you would say to someone who's listening you know to start a food you know like a food business and you know the disadvantages maybe to start it i think uh, the advantage like it requires a lot of dedication you know the problem with the uh, I, um, for example my youngest brother and we have a big age gap so um so he is probably from gen z and we are millennials so it's like they you know you have to be the, the only difference between my uh, you know uh, two of us and my youngest brother is that he is very impatient with the growth so it's like uh, you have to be very dedicated to see the results and you and being the entrepreneur do not compare your life with other people around you because you would be living a different life and that's the fact and so uh, you know uh, i think the best way uh, to reduce that stress, stress that you know people may you would your parents might be telling you your siblings that what kind kind of a life you are living you are not giving yourself uh, you know uh, you're you're not giving um, you do not have a proper schedule maybe it, it will happen because you know everything is so unpredictable it takes time to settle down so don't be hard on yourself uh, just give it a time and uh, uh it's okay to fail because honestly um so i've been working 9 to 5 for like i think 6 years exactly and now i'm just working as a consultant consultant with uh, one of the healthcare organization so whatever i earned <laughs> i put <laughs> i invested it in abecow and most of the time i lost the money and i don't regret it so you need to have a really big heart to you know say that i don't regret it because now i can see the growth that is happening and um, and always try to have good mentors from the right industry for example we do uh, like we do have mentors some sometimes like uh, you know who are like uh, you know what this this is not a scalable business but um, then then you should give it a second thought that is he from the industry uh, it's not that you know he's not knowledgeable like uh, a doctor would not have a very um, a good knowledge about the um, uh, 
uh, how to construct a building and you know what are what goes into it and, and the architect would not have you know have a good knowledge about the medical uh, same goes for mentors too somehow we get you know really disappointed that he might be right so before taking anyone's advice do think for a while that is he the right person that does that person have uh, extensive experience in the food sector and uh, do not you know uh, other people's perspective impact you suddenly that you know okay he said it won't work let's close the business this is not how it works you need to take your time to think again and again who would be the right person and whose advice should i take yeah absolutely well aisha i do want to thank you for your time today um it's been great uh, listening and understanding about your business and I wish you continued success um, and hope you Thank have you a so wonderful much. visit to the U.S. when you uh, go to Silicon Valley. Um, if folks want to reach out to you and get more information, what's the best way uh, for your business? Is it the Facebook? Yeah, Facebook or Instagram. I mean, I'm very responsive on Instagram and currently I'm handling it because I, I want to interact with my customer unless we have like, you know, very big fan you know uh, very big fan following or you know when when i'm i cannot handle it till that i would be handling instagram on my own great so, yeah so for the listeners out there we'll be putting uh, a big house uh information on the on our podcast details their facebook uh url as, and as well as their contact information if you like to uh look at their menu all the information about their business um Aisha Raza, thank you so much for joining us today. I really do appreciate your time and uh, continued you. success. Thank you so much.